he's referred to as the man in the back of the room and introduced as the voice of God. He's told U.S. presidents where to sit, given Tony and Grammy award-winning celebrities direction, and lectured scads of students. But as he likes to point out, the event entertainment expert you don't know, you don't know, Anthony Bellata. And Bellatified. Hello. Hi, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Bolotified, the one and only podcast about the sometimes dazzling, sometimes tragic world of event entertainment and engagement. My name is Anthony Bolotta, and I'm here with my Bolotophile, my favorite BFF, <laughs> Alex Apostolides. Hey, EA, what's up? Hello, hello. Tell us wow. what's in your world. How's the you elevator know? swinging tonight? <laughs> how's, the, how's the garage door swinging tonight, baby? It's, it's you know what? We're in the holidays. So we're in Christmas time and Hanukkah time. There's a mm-hmm. lot of presents to be hidden. So that garage door is going up and down all the time, all night long. Uh-huh. Not a lot of sleep For to the- be had in my little abode. Uh, but yes, yeah, no, that's yeah. what I'm doing. I'm in, I'm in the middle of... Uh, Christmasing and Hanukkah-ing because they're both celebrated in my house. Yeah, so you only you pick the only corner in your house where there's absolutely no celebration happening, I assume, because there's nothing behind you. There's nothing behind me <laughs> in more ways than one. No, no, no. <laughs> Get off so, my back. <laughs> no, I just, I always tell my daughter from a certain time in the year, you are not allowed to walk into my closet. Uh, only during a yeah. certain time? She's a girl. Yeah, she's a girl. She okay. borrows things. Okay. <laughs> she often keeps yeah. it too. I guess that's a phenomenon that I'm really, well, you know, D'Angelo and I share a closet, uh, but it's very small and it's like hardly even like enough for both of us. So, you know, we're used to each of each one coming in and out, but if it wasn't for him, I don't think I'd want anybody else in my closet. So it's a different kind of phenomenon for, I think, for a, a mother and a daughter, you know? You know, I'm just cool. I- happy i'm very happy that there's some part of me that is cool enough that there's something in my closet she wants so amen to that on one hand i get frustrated with it but on the other hand it's pure ego baby and honey that that's only old. because the it's only because the 90s are hip again <laughs> that's the only reason sweetie you know that <laughs> all that shit in your closet it's all new again you know good for you oh. <laughs> i'm kidding it's no, of course true, I'm kidding. It's I've never been in your closet, I shouldn't say. No, but I have come out of my, wait a minute, no, that didn't come out right. <laughs> well, no, it didn't. No, it didn't no, come didn't. out right. Speaking of which, Speaking. we're in the middle of Hanukkah. Happy mm-hmm. Hanukkah to you. Happy Hanukkah. The Festival of Lights, right? Eight mm-hmm. nights. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we have somebody who we love, makes sense to have her during this week of Hanukkah because of what she does. And we'll hear a little bit more about that. Mm -hmm. Uh, But suffice it to say that she reminds me, I got my start pretty much in this business of events uh, in the extravagant world of bar mitzvah uh, production, as it were in the late, the mid to late eighties in Miami beach, right? And so I can completely understand the world from which she comes. Uh, because bar mitzvahs and bat mitzvahs were my bread and butter growing up 
doing these shows. And really, um, through innovators that were down in, in South Florida at the time, uh, a lot of people came up because that's where money was being spent. And weddings, of course. Yes. Then this whole corporate travel event meeting world started to emerge and grow. And uh, it was a natural progression into uh, corporate entertainment. And for some, it's sort of like the actor and the career of acting, right? You, goodness, it would be so great if you could just get a tiny little piece, mm -hmm. a little part, a little line somewhere, you know, and if it could be on camera, great, and if it could be a commercial and I could make a little extra money, oh, that'd be great. You know, you know, it's so good, 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 good. Yes. And then, then you get like, you get that and, oh, it's exciting. And then you get a few lines on a TV show. It's, oh, and it's exciting. And then you want to be the star of the show. Oh, it's exciting. And then you want to be out of TV altogether. You want to be in film and that's just, TV's not good enough. And, you know, it's the same kind of- Great analogy. In, in our world, you know, you start with social bar mitzvahs, bat mitzvahs, weddings, and then you move into small meetings if you can, small corporate events if you can but that is the 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 everybody the peak the the everybody's reaching for is the like fortune 500 client you know the, the, or the fortune 100 client you know that big multinational <laughs> gleam you know that, that huge gigantic client that you could say you worked with that's that's what we all strive for and so i believe that our guest career sort of encompasses that yes it does uh -huh. right but and and i have to say i'm all of that in a package that's probably four foot nine with a personality that is ten feet Eight. Yes, yes. I mean, the gal is just terrific. I was reminded of something my father used to say all the time, right? Whenever, because he, he was kind of a Renaissance man, and he would always say, you know, jack of all trades, master of none. And I don't know why that thought comes up when I think about her, but because she isn't just a jack of all trades, master of none. She's actually kind of a master at all of her trades. Everything she dives into, she masters. And, Good for her. you know, it, it, it's it's amazing. It it's really the only way is. To fly. It's the only way to fly. At least to strive for, right? Right. You know, if, if even if you can't always succeed at it, but to strive for, because I don't think a lot of people have necessarily the courage to strive to be the master of everything you do. Yes. Well, um, I, I think I'll just interject. If you're selling it, you better master it. This is true. This is very true. In that context. Yes. This is true. Well, and speaking of selling it, she is the co-founder of BESA, which is the Bar and Bot Mitzvah Event Services Association. Um, who knew? Who knew? Who knew? And as you and I know, there are lots of fun to go to. I've, I haven't been to a good bar mitzvah or bat mitzvah in a long time, but they're fun. She also is the creator and original producer of the San Diego Bar Bat Mitzvah Expo and Showcase, which is 
pretty huge. And it's a very interesting, uh, it's a very interesting segment of the events market because uh, it's cyclical for families. Mm-hmm. And so when you're in, uh, when you are, when you have a child who's being bar bat mitzvahed, you uh, have friends doing the mm-hmm. same thing. And so she has really created uh, quite a, a revenue stream based on that and a way for her vendor partners within Bessa to showcase. So what else has she done? And let's get her out of here. <laughs> So much. So in addition to that, she's co-owner of RSVP Events, which is a full service event design company Mm -hmm. that specializes in weddings and bar and bat mitzvahs, Mm -hmm. corporate and nonprofit events. Mm -hmm. You see the, see the, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Uh, Building, uh, building, building. A couple of fun facts about her. And this just tickles me pink. It just does. So she moved to San Diego in her early 20s. Now, she didn't come to San Diego like you would think. I mean, she came to San Diego, but she didn't travel here the way you would think most people would, right? They would pack up all their belongings and boxes, put all their clothes in a suitcase and come on out. She put all of her clothes in a hefty trash bag and came on out. Ah, all my bag is packed. I'm ready to go. I got my hefty (laughs) off the flow. (laughs) There you go. Really? Well, you, you <laughs> and don't know it. Oh, you know uh, that I got them all. Go ahead. No I don't more know more. if you know, you know this about her, though. You, no, you I didn't even know about the hefty. <laughs> <laughs> she has a bachelor's degree in exercise physiology. She built two Never gyms, right? She managed Dude. one for three years. Um, but <laughs> kind of how she got into this crazy industry it's amazing how things work out. She had more fun planning the contests and events for the gym and the membership than she actually did training anyone. (laughs) So she went to college and got a degree to find her calling. So she also holds a meeting and special event planning. She holds a certificate, excuse me, in meeting and special event planning as a bridal consultant. She's taught, gosh, businesses of weddings and social events at Mesa College. She volunteered for 10 years at the zoo on the committee and planned the celebration for the critters which uh, later was going to be called the Food and Wine Festival. You know, she travels with her husband, has time for her dog. She's just a really well-rounded go-getter of a kind of gal. So uh, please welcome the co-founder of Bessa, Cheryl Kinsler Guilford. Shalom, Cheryl! (laughs) So good to have you with us, kiddo. How are you? Good. Thank you for having me. This is exciting. Yay. We're we're delighted to have you. I got I got to ask you right off the bat though, a couple of things really quickly. Sarah saw seven sharks while swimming. How many S's are in this sentence? My guess is four. Um, there's another sentence to that where the four S's is. Uh, this is the sentence. No. Anyway, if I was Sarah and How I saw many seven S's sharks, are in this sentence that's where the four s's is correct that's what i guess four right (laughs) yay i got it right there's a little riddle on her facebook page and i was being all you know wittified and wondering but of course the first thing that i thought well if i was sarah and i saw seven sharks swimming swimming around me there'd be one s and it would be (laughs) (laughs) i gotta get out of here Dog pedal, oh really God. fast. 
Out of here. Who is who's Noreen Kinsler? My niece. Your niece. Okay, so and who is this uh Shelby Kinsler Bergman? My cousin, long lost cousin. Oh, so so she has the T in Kinsler, and you didn't. And she also has the three names, and she posts a lot with you, and it's very confusing. There's a story. Shelby Cheryl, tell us. (laughs) So um we were estranged from that side of the family for many, 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 many years. And we found, hmm? What did they do? It was my, my grandmother. Ugh. Those grandmothers, those bubbies. My grandmother had a fight with my mother. <gasps> and my mother said, that's it, she hung up on her. And I, I never saw her again. I was 14 at the time. Ugh. Oh, that's sad. That is sad. So when we moved out here, we lost touch with everybody. Found my cousin found me on Facebook. She she calls me up. We're talking on the phone, and she said, "We have one question. Why did your father drop the tea?" I said, "He dropped the tea. We thought you added it." <laughs> <laughs> we'll never know. <laughs> it's all in, in the translation, right? Right. That's so funny. <laughs> And now you're family again. Now you're together. Now you now you chat and and yeah, connect. Found a whole bunch of them. It was like like the floodgates opened and and they and appeared. Here they are. Mm-hmm. And how are you doing here in San Diego? How's RSVP events doing? Actually, we are doing okay um, with uh, the pandemic and everything closing down. We have really not had any cancellations. We had a few events turn to virtual. Great. Or drive, drive-by events. Great. And the rest of them have, I'm looking at the files now, and the rest of them have um, just rescheduled out to the future. So tell us what you're doing virtually. How are you, how are you uh, manifesting that kind well, of engagement? Well, um, mostly it's the ceremonies are mm-hmm. on Zoom or they're small and live. And then they're doing smaller types of, um, like we had one last Saturday where they had the uh, just a family for the ceremony. And then the guests were scheduled during times to drive by, take a green screen photo. And um, we had a DJ playing music and they got, they, they dropped off their um, gifts and got, a, got their photo and vapor basket with food in it. Beautiful. And they were That's all awesome. scheduled. So it was they a parade scheduled. of- It was a parade. And we had one of our assistants there um, holding traffic so that everybody got a chance to go through so that it was, you know, safe to social distancing safe. Excellent. Excellent. It was great. And the drive-bys, uh, you're making them special by having families get out of their cars and take photos and, and you know, how are you, how are you making it personal? And Well, everybody's at a different level of comfort with this. Mm-hmm. True. Yeah. True. You very know? true. So and you have to respect that we do. very much. But we have a wedding coming up um, this coming weekend and it's a pretty big event and it's an Alpine and they just don't care. I grew up in Alpine. You're right. They don't. They just, you know, they're okay with it. They're not afraid and they're going to, you know, just do their thing. And this is an event for? It's a uh, wedding. 
a wedding, indoor, outdoor? Tented. Interesting. And they're just going to go forward with it. Here in California, it's it's a little difficult to navigate because uh, the laws are pretty strict and people have been pretty, at least in San Diego, very, very vigilant about... Um, not doing the wrong thing because their neighbors are writing them out. So here's here's some questions because I know I know you and you're certified, and you you're also a very uh, serious planner who thinks of the details. I I have to think that you brought this up to, to your clients and said, listen, have you, you know, masks should be worn. You know we should take precautions. Tables should be so far apart. Did you try? And what was the response? Well, Rachel was actually interacting with them and she did do all that stuff. And, you know, all we can actually, we have a waiver that everybody signs now to not mm -hmm. hold us responsible if they don't follow the guidelines. Very smart. Set, you know. Good for you. Yeah. Very smart. So we, we have that signed. We talk to them, you know, let them know what it should be. We can't control them. You know, no, we can't. that's the point. You can't. So we do. You can't control them. We do our due diligence, and we, you know, we're up to date on everything. We we know what to tell them. We know what the rules are. We know what the distances are. We know who's supposed to sit where and how far apart they are, and how many can sit at a table. And you know, we we know all that. So, but you can't stop them from getting up and plopping down at another table, even if they they start out okay. Right. They're going to move. They're going to dance. They're going to hug. We're super concerned. You know, we don't expect everybody to be at our level, and there's nothing we can do about it. We work for them. Yeah, you can only uh, tell them the guidelines and what's prudent, and at the end of the day, as long as uh, the client is aware that you don't take any of the, the re responsibility, right. any of the liability in hand, and that um, that includes their guests yeah. because, yeah, because that's where the trouble can lie is somebody who comes, a third party. It's a third party. And we, you know, all we can do is consult and we do it. We make sure it all gets out there. And I assume that um, your partner will be masked oh, yeah. on site. I assume yeah, that to be the case. Away. You know, she'll keep her. Yeah, keep her distance. Yeah, what she'll do is she'll work with the, you know, make sure the vendors are doing what they're supposed to do when they're supposed to do it. Troubleshoot right. when somebody has an issue, but she's not in control of the guests. What's the sentiment with the vendors now? I'm curious because, you know, work has been very, very spotty, if at all, for many people. Mm -hmm. And so I have to imagine there's sort of a, 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 a gratefulness, gratitude for having some business, having mm -hmm. something to do. But also on the other side, uh, on the other hand, there's, there must be a little concern, a DJ, no concern. Does he, did he have any concern? You know, when, when they, and, and I apologize, did the DJ, I shouldn't uh, genderize the DJ. <laughs> That's right. I'm sorry. <laughs> did right. the DJ, did the G DJ have any concerns? You know, they, they can, they can stay away if they can. Yeah. You know, keep their mask on when people approach. They take it off when they need to. They're ice, pretty much isolated behind their equipment, you know, playing there. And sometimes raised, yeah. which helps. And, uh, you know, shielding um, a DJ is not uncommon, or I can't imagine that's an expensive process. Not that I'm suggesting you do that for, your, for yeah. your wedding. 
but it is something that can be easily done with plexiglass mm -hmm. you know yeah. That's an excellent um, yeah, idea. So I think we'll we'll start suggesting that, but you know they they don't work for us. No, they don't. But you know what? In so much masks being uh, customized mm -hmm. and you know those kinds of details that you can suggest and hopefully use as a selling point as well. You know, as an add-on. You know, in a situation like this, you don't you don't wish it on an event. You don't wish it on anybody, mm -hmm. but you. There is opportunity in taking precautions. And when events come back, there people will still want to be cautious. And so these little things that we can do, having masks available, getting the host to splurge on a custom mask, getting them to um, do other, you know, rather than a buffet, a plated meal, although what most people don't understand is buffets are more expensive, right? Usually. Usually. But, but, um, you know, plated meals, whatever it takes to sort of change it up and where there are opportunities for you to make a living in the event planning world that we're about to head into. Have you thought about those things? I'm, I'm assuming you have. Oh, yeah. Well, we, um, we have sources for getting masks that are either custom on the mask or on the packaging. Excellent. That's great. Excellent. You know? And, you know, I'm a I'm, I'm probably a little over the top on all of this anyway, because 20 years ago when I did an event, I would plop down hand sanitizer everywhere. <laughs> no, so you were yeah. really prepared you know, for this. Yeah. We're, it, we're it, kindred it, spirits, you and I. <laughs> I've been using I, tissue to open, open bathroom oh yeah. doors since I was probably eight. <laughs> My favorite thing is when you go into a restaurant and you use... And they have little foot things you can just press and the door opens. So you don't even have to touch it. That's no no touchy. But yeah, I do the same no thing. No touchy, no touchy. That's the other thing. And I, this probably won't get into the podcast, but. Who knows? Yeah. Yeah. Just the thought of going to the bathroom at one of these events makes me ill. Well, I say that I, I, I would imagine that one of the ways that we're going to get back to events is that these restrooms will need to be manned. Mm -hmm. In fact, in uh, we did a virtual event in a studio last month in September, and the, the restrooms were constantly manned and cleaned after every single person. So it's going to be another it's going to be another service that will have to be added yeah. at least in the short term. And and what's wrong with that? Nothing. I mean, what's wrong no, with I mean, that? Right to your point. Too, right. It's a job for someone and it keeps the restrooms clean and tidy for people to use and feel confident and comfortable using. Right. You know, it's funny. Uh, I don't want to go off on a tangent, but I was at UCSD today at the metal, at the, the hospital, the new hospital, uh, the Jacobs hospital. And we were walking in and there was a process to get in because of the coronavirus. And so I mentioned to uh, my client, uh, the HR department, I said, well, boy, I'm wondering what it costs just to employ all these additional efforts to maintain the safety of the hospital because you have to be checked and you have to you know, do the questionnaire and have your temperature checked and all of these things. And he said, no, what they're doing is they're using people who would normally be out on disability time because they you know, have an injury that they can't do their regular job, but they can do this intake. So it's interesting how, you know, the circumstances have 
helped them in a very small way. It still costs them a lot of money and disability claims, but in some small way, they can now give them something to do. Mm -hmm. And while it's not something we hope for, it's one of the things you have to sort of say, okay, there's the silver lining. It's a blessing. Exactly. I think we're preparing for the changes, you know, trying to anticipate what this is going to look like later and start to get ready for that. You yes. know, that, there's going to be a lot of permanent changes. Mm-hmm. And what do you, what do, what are some of them in your estimation? What are you preparing for? Well, let's see. I, I think that buffets and stations are probably going to take a long time to come back. So we're going to have to get more creative with fitting how the food works into the the theme of the event or I, I think that's going to that's the biggest one for later on but as as people start to be able to gather again like we had a meeting today for a fundraiser that we're doing yes so i'm going to be going to be scheduled hopefully for june yes and it's going to be going to be a lot of people and so dancing came up you know, this is a crowd that likes to dance. They have this event every year. And as a joke, the development person said, you know, we put dance floors next to the tables and they can dance there. And she said it as a joke because they won't want to do that. They like the big dance floor. I said, you know, we can we can section out the dance floor, maybe put a square or a circle on the dance floor and number that circle the same as their their table so that when they want to dance they can go to that area and still be social distance from everybody else that they're not that's a great idea that type of thing you know you just have to like how do we how do we handle this you know going forward and keeping it somewhat the same or how do we put a positive spin on what otherwise is a total downer. Right, right. Really and how, idea. and anticipating all of those questions that you're going to get because these are such, most of them are such personal events. And people are, as you said earlier, you know, people, some are going to be, can be dealt with handling with both audiences. And, you yeah. know, and that's, that is a bit concerning. It's a balancing uh, act, right? I mean, having to have empathy for both parties, but finding a way to have some common ground there. And make it yeah. work. And getting the job done, right. You want, to make, your, you want to make your client happy, right. whatever their thoughts on, on it is. Cause you know, in, in the end game, you know, we're after the referrals. Yeah. Here's my the- concern. My concern is that those people who have really tight budgets and, you know, can barely make it work now have another cost in ensuring that, you know, their guests are properly vetted before they come into an event. Um, that could be problematic because there is a cost involved, you know, in testing, in taking a temperature, in having them look at a form and say, yes, I agree. I don't have any of these symptoms and any of that. And uh, and that in itself, I'm concerned, could be a, of a, an issue. Plus, as you mentioned, vendors, you know, your caterers, all of the protocol they'll have to follow is going to have a cost impact. And so I'm concerned that that market is going to tighten up. 
I hadn't really given that a lot of thought because weddings and, you know, we do primarily weddings and bar bat mitzvahs and social events, and they're personal. They're, I don't, nobody has done anybody, taken anybody's temperature before they come in at this point. So I know, and this is what's interesting, and I'm not going to go off on a tangent, but just today <laughs> I was talking to a client who said, and on top of this, all that's, all that's going on, my sister uh, had co- has coronavirus. She tested positive, and I just spent the weekend watching her kids for her, and she's been positive, so I had to go back and get retested. So I think oh. the point that I'm making is that we tend to be so, we assume, you know, we assume that mm-hmm. everybody is safe, but when you have a party, you're bringing people together from different households, and I think that what we'll find is that some people just won't come. They right. will not feel comfortable. So you'll have attrition or you'll have, you know, family members that don't want to come or you'll have people that will say, okay, well, she can't come. Let's, let's ask her. She's more fun anyway. <laughs> You're going to have a little bit of that. So uh, it's going to be interesting. The terrain, it sure is, you know, yeah, it is. Um, when, so when you're doing virtual events now, it's really about the, ceremony that's being zoomed shared by via via some tool usually zoom i assume in some i'm assuming webinar conference kind of way in that everybody is seeing the couple and the ceremony but they're not seeing each other some of them can see each other and some of them they'll do the ceremony separately and then maybe zoom the celebration part of it. So how it affects us is the, the what they what they hire us for is lesser service. Right. Unless you're on the unless you're able to get on that end and become a purveyor of that virtual platform right. and become you know dexterous in it and offer it as a service, which might be something that you consider. It's it's hard for those of us in the event world because we love the physical contact mm-hmm. and the energy that we receive on the day of the event when all of those hard yeah. worked hours, yeah. all those hours, right? They come together. And I, I keep saying this to people, when everyone comes together, there's, a, there's an energy and uh, an ability to get things done because now everybody's focused and they're ready to actually commit 1000%. And you miss that yeah. when you don't uh, have it live. You know, we do this because we like parties. You're absolutely right with what you just said. And it made me think about, you know, when I start to plan an event for somebody, they tell me, they give me some information, they tell me what they want to do, and then it goes into my head. And then it, the wheels immediately start turning, and I start to see what this room is going to look like. And while they're talking, I'm deciding who's going to be perfect for each one of these jobs. And then I pull that team together. And, you know, it, it sometimes it takes, you know, six months to a year to get that together. And then that day comes and all the vendors show up with all their things, with all their little parts of the puzzle. And I stand there because at that point, I'm just watching them. And then right. I'll stand there and I'll watch that. And I watch that room come together. And I there's no feeling like that. There's no. no other feeling like that to watch that event take place like it was in my head. 
And right. every single one of them, including you guys, got exactly what I wanted. Well, part of that is the communication mm-hmm. that you are so good with. You are very good about detailing your vision <laughs> and what you want. And what I love about you is you're not cookie cutter. You, no. you exactly yeah. what you just said, your process, you know, that's your process. And you come up with different ideas for different, different things and different goals and objectives and desires and wants and requests. And, uh, and I looked on events, RSV, oh, so sorry, <laughs> looking at rsvpevents.com, right? That's it. Looking at RSVP. SD event.com so when i went on rsvp sd events.com that was a plug did you catch it (laughs) let me do it again just in case so when i went on rsvp sd events.com i saw some beautiful work um your your eye for color your eye for detail uh there was whimsy when when i assume you were looking to uh you know explore that theme uh, there was elegance when I'm sure you were going for that. There was a variety of looks and all exquisite. Thank you. Absolutely. Awesome. Thank you. Thanks for being good at what you do and for having the eye for the detail. And, so and for creating. Very, very. It's the eye for the detail, I think. And also the focus on the client. Uh, what, what Cheryl said um, very few people, I think, really understand. The people who are successful mm-hmm. do in that is you listen. You listen to what it is they want. And, and in doing so, if you listen carefully, you'll know what the priorities are, where they're willing to let things slide a little bit, or they don't want so much focus. And if you just keep your ears open, you'll nail it. And that's something that Cheryl, and I assume Rachel, whom I don't know so well, do really well really well it's a it's a gift to shut up and listen it's two things one i get a lot of input welcome welcome input from the vendors that's awesome i am not opposed or object to saying like to to d'angelo this is what i'm thinking what do you think you know and he'll just rattle it off and it's like like, yes 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 you know or no the client won't like that and i'll do that with almost every one of my vendors this is my concept let's work on the details together you have a conversation and not everybody's willing to do that no no not at all you know what i'm good at i'll tell you what i'm good at i'm good at (laughs) (laughs) i'm really good at picking my team that sometimes that's the most well that it's is huge. one of the key things yes yeah i'm you know i that's like i said i start thinking who's going to be part of this right and i know that putting that all together that's the cream of the crop for this event this is it as long as the client goes for it this is it this well is as it. A, as somebody's been on your team thank you uh, I'll, and i'll say that doubly for for d'angelo i know that he really enjoys working with you and he and enjoys being a member of BESA. Um, We don't want to let this conversation go without asking you a little bit about BESA and uh, why you came up with it. What, what, what was the impetus? So um, when I left the corporate world, because I was in, in the corporate sector prior to this and got talked into starting my own business instead of looking for a job, I didn't know 
I mean, I knew what I did there, but I didn't know that that existed in the outside world. I I just thought everybody had an in-house person who does what they do or in-house persons, right. which is my where I got my team concept from because everything was done by committee. <laughs> my One of my friends said to me, just open your own business. And I said, I can't do that. And she said, it costs $35 to get a license. Just do it. Yep. So yeah. I told my brother what she said, and he said, what do you got to lose? So the next day I went down and got a license. And then now what? I knew they were wedding planners, but I didn't know anybody planned anything else. So I was going to be a wedding planner. And then I was at a party and one of the guests at the party said to me, you need to meet somebody here. He's a DJ. And so she brought me over there and introduced us. And he said, what do you do? And I said, I'm a wedding planner of like a week, you know, (laughs) and he says, oh, he says, I'm a DJ. He said, I do bar mitzvahs. And I went, bar mitzvahs, people pay you for that? And he said, yeah. He said, I've always thought it would be a really good idea if we got, you know, a few vendors together for lunch, maybe once a month. And we sat around and talked about events and we could refer each other. And I said, I'm in. And he said, but I don't want to plan it. (laughs) (laughs) The answer number. Famous last words. So he says to me, uh, so I said, okay, well, I can do that. And he said, I'll call you tomorrow. And he called me the next day and he gave me like a ton of phone numbers. And I called all these people and we met at PF Chang's in La Jolla the first time and they wanted to do it again. So we did it again. And, it, and again, we're just sitting around talking about events. And then we, then it started to grow a little bit and it got too noisy there. So UCSD Faculty Club was one of these people. And they said, you know what? Let's do it in one of our meeting rooms and we can have lunch there. They have a buffet. So I said, okay. So we moved over to the faculty club. Because who doesn't like a buffet? Who doesn't, especially on Wednesday when they have ice cream for dessert. <laughs> especially on Wednesday. And when you're Sorry, really go ahead. on Wednesday. <laughs> exactly. So then we went, we were there for a couple of months and uh, they started, okay, so here's the story. So I got up and I said, I'll be right back. I got to go use the restroom. I left. And when I came back, they started clapping and said, you're president. Oh my gosh. So That's, now I'm yeah. running meetings, okay? And the only way I knew how to run a meeting was to do it by committee. So this committee report out, this committee report uh, they still do that to this day. I haven't been president for a hundred years. They're still doing that to this day. But really, so I'm standing there with absolutely nothing to say at one meeting. And they're all sitting there staring at me, waiting for me to say something. And I just blurted out, want to have an expo? Oh, and my. then that was it. As soon as I said that, and the expo went, started to you know, what blossom you and grow and build yeah. and um snowball and how many really. vendors how many vendors today well in today there's 61 well, 61 vendors. 62 and and you're very specific about the vendor the the, the vendorship within Bessa, right it's it's limited right so that there's not so much competition and you could feel good about recommending people 
for the services that they provide, right? Is that correct? That's it. It's the qualification, though. The, uh, you have to be qualified in, well, in, you have to be qualified in Jewish, you have to know, know how to do a Jewish event because that's our market. Mm-hmm. Right. So whether it's a wedding or a bar bat mitzvah or anything else that they're doing, that's our market. And so especially in the core categories. So then we, you know, we, we did everything you need to do to become a bona fide association. But in those days, I was recruiting vendors for the expo. And I got tired of recruiting uh, after a few years. And that's when I said, this is going to be an all-member expo. And we went out and made sure we had enough members Mm -hmm. to actually produce an expo. And that expo, you know, it's it's not the Bridal Bazaar Comic-Con, you know, but it's a really successful expo for that market because it's once a year and if you are planning an event and you need these people this is where you go and there isn't anywhere else to find them unless you're doing online searches and and you know you happen uh, or you ask a friend and typically in that market and tell me i'm wrong it's it's you want the same quality as the person who just had their bar mitzvah but it can't be the same it has to be different. Depends. So, depends. They, they, you know, they, they get stuck on the DJs. They'll see a DJ and they'll say, uh, I have to have him. You know, I uh, was at a, an event one time where a woman accosted me and said, you're the planner. I have to have you, you know. Wow. And but you didn't it, get nervous or wonder in what way she wanted to have you? Well, that's a, that's a story <laughs> I have you for another day, but... Um, <laughs> But they, no, in this community, they they it's they want referral. They want to know that somebody else yeah. used that person and liked right. that person that did a good job for them. Right. Well, it's a special event, not so you much. Know? Hmm? It's it's a special, yeah. meaningful event. You you don't want to just it's not something you choose lightly. Yeah, so if I mean, you go to preferred. a restaurant, you check Yelp for reviews before you you know. Well, yes. and also people are very specific, and the and the audience, uh, you know, our clients are not getting less specific; they're getting more specific about what it is they want and what it is they don't want. They're more savvy than they used to be, and uh, you know, not only because the industry is different than it was ten years ago, but because. Uh, especially, and I'm speaking only of the bar and bat mitzvah market only. Okay. There usually when you have a child that's around that age, you are also obligated to go to other bar and bat mitzvahs of families that you know, who have children who are friends with your children. And, you know, so it, you are going to numerous bar or bat mitzvahs over the course of a year or two with any given child that you have, right? And so um, people then see what what other people do and it's very fresh in their minds because now they're in planning mode. And as they're experiencing other things and they're in planning mode with you, they're now bringing these things to the table, right? Because their their events coming up and they don't want to leave one possibility off the table exactly i have a question because i'm just curious what's the craziest most out there bar bat mitzvah you ever did with themes okay so i had a mom come to me one time and said my child has two interests 
um, I want it to be like a bar. I want it to be Jewish themed because it's a bar mitzvah. But he also loves science. And she wanted both of those elements pulled in it together. They have nothing to do with each other. No. They have absolutely nothing to it's, do Isn't it redundant to have a bar mitzvah with a Jewish theme? I mean, isn't it? There must have been somebody somewhere pulling some strings that was religious and some you know, old school. Some, some, some mishpuka somewhere. Helping to fund it. Yeah, some, some, it. Uh, somebody was having to say. Okay, interesting. Yeah. So, how are kids? How are the kids at bar mitzvahs today? All over the all over the place. I mean, some of them are so good and so polite and so wonderful to be around. And then some of them, you've got to go drag them out of the stall in the bathroom. Do, do the do the apples fall far from the trees in retrospect, or is there any? I'm just curious. I, you know, we Come don't on, know them the now. We don't smell know the them dirt. Now. What we, you don't? We don't know the parents that well. But you, know, you we, but you're, you know, you have to negotiate with them and you have to, you have a contract with the parents and you're dealing with them. So, I mean, come on, you know, you can kind of see where well, they're 13, their hormones are raging and they, This you is know. true. They're not, they're out of their minds. Yeah. This is true. yeah. But there have, but, but, you know, I, I don't know if you know this about me. I'm sure I mentioned it a thousand times, but I got into this industry doing bar mitzvahs in Miami Beach, you know, and we did these big, lavish, you know, huge bar mitzvahs. And most of the kids were awful. And we were the entertainment. So we took the brunt of their awful behavior, you know, and, and then when I came here to California, I have participated in one single bar mitzvah personally as somebody who plans engagement and experiences. And we, we talked about it on the show. It was the most extravagant thing mm -hmm. I've ever done, but the kids were incredibly well-mannered and incredibly gracious and, uh, and thankful. And, uh, you know, I just sort of attribute it to the East coast in East coast, West coast thing. Uh, but I also, their parents were also very gracious and very kind and, you know, so I, I, I shouldn't have been so surprised. Uh, I'm just so I wonder, you know, because there were some awful things done at some of those bar mitzvahs. I've done hundreds of bar mitzvahs, so I'm going to see it all. I've yeah. seen, You're going to see it I'm all. I'm going to see it all. So, it, you know, it's hard to, it, the, the ones you remember the most are the ones that are freshest in your mind. And right now I'm telling you that the kids were great. Okay, so come on. When you're telling a war story around your your mishpukas around the Bessa table and you're saying to someone, I can't believe what just what they did this weekend. You've got you've got one of those that burns in your mind. I know. I do, but it's not a bar mitzvah. It's a, it tell it us. Was a doesn't matter. We'll, 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 we just we'll move. We want, we want the, the dirt. Dirt. OK, yeah. so eventually is over and we're you know cleaning up and for some reason i uh, believe it was my partner now my current partner who used to be my assistant she's sweeping the dance floor and all of a sudden i hear her go 
ew. And I turned around and said, what? And she goes, there's a full condom on the floor. Oh. And I said, ew. And then I said, how did they even do that? How did they even do that on the dance floor? That's a good question. How did they do it on the dance floor? So as a mom, I'm envisioning things that I don't want to envision. You know, and it's not (laughs) like it was somewhere else and it had it in his pocket. I don't know. How did that happen? You never know. How did Did that happen? I, I, I could surmise that it didn't just fall off on the dance floor. It had that's, to have been removed. That's what I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was like, how did that happen? Right. And we're sure that it's it was full with the proper substance. Not like ranch dressing. <laughs> <laughs> well, did anybody pick it up and taste it? Well, no. <laughs> did you do a touch test? It was actually, it was a high school event. Oh. oh. Yeah, it was real. Sure it oh, was, well, I'm sure there real. were lots of condoms, you know, on the floor. You know, yeah, there's a lot. I used to yeah, do. well, that's the one we found. Oh, goodness. Remember when it was to be a teenager? <laughs> so tell us about Mitz TV. What's that all about? Tell us about it. Because actually, I know what it's about. It's fabulous. And I saw Magic Mike on there uh, do a really he, wonderful few moments. He's amazing. He's so, he is amazing. He's amazing. He's just lovely. And, and our own D'Angelo is the host. Yes, he is. So, and he's fabulous. Yes, he's a wonderful host. Yes, he is. So tell us about Mitz. Uh, Mitz TV um, came about because uh, the pandemic hit and we were all stuck in the house and we needed a way to stay in the public eye and to stay current. And so we came up with this concept of let's do a a YouTube kind of thing where the vendors can come on and talk about their, their, um, so the vendors can come on and talk about their services. And that is as far as I got it. And so at that point, we recruited Robert John to Mm -hmm. do the technical. RJ. RJ. We recruited RJ to do the technical stuff and recruited D'Angelo to be host. And those two, they actually made Mitz TV. It's what it is today because of them. And that's another place where I'm watching this thing film. And I do you know what the word Kvel means? Mm-hmm. Yes. There you yep. go. Yes. That's it. For for our audience, yep. it means to have pride, to to be, to be bursting with pride, to be, right. bursting. to be bursting. Overflowing. Yes. Beaming, beaming. Right. I just I'll just sit there and and sometimes i want to cry i'm to watch this and it just it's an affirmation for me that when these people come together because of something that you know i had a a, a itty bitty little concept on and to explode it the way they did i i I can't even tell you how that feels well it speaks again to your talent of being able to find the right people pull them together and make it work I think I get lucky sometimes and they surprise me too, but they took this to a level uh, that I, 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 wow. Wow. It's just, it's, I'm still awed by them. And I think it's probably just the beginning for this. Uh, I I honestly personally don't see the virtual event going away of anything. Events will, will become hybrid at first awkwardly, but then the software and the hardware will come together and it'll become easier and easier. And the tools 
for engagement will will come online too because right now they're they're fairly limited you know as we speak uh, so we need more tools of engagement on the online platforms uh, to keep people motivated and and interested with all of the distractions that they'll have going on around them you know well i agree with you 100 percent. but i you know everything cycles too so i think someday the party will come back i don't i don't know when though because people do like to be together yeah. yes there's nothing there's nothing replaces that as wonderful as the virtual world is and as much as it, it's expanded our world actually made our world smaller because you know we can reach out to further yeah. areas but there isn't anything like being in somebody's present presence right and and i'm i'm hoping that you know you're you're able to find again the silver linings in this with your clients moving forward and you're able to point out the benefits that we will have moving forward uh, you know, I like to tease and say, I like to thank Amazon for the fact that we can actually send people things and, uh, you know, as part of an event, a goodie bag or some kind of tangible item and, and with better confidence now than 10 years ago, know it's going to get there and the process mm -hmm. and the boxes and, you know, all of that is, is more, more accessible today. And I like to credit Amazon with, you know, helping us to build that process. So I think there are going to be more opportunities to share and more things coming online for us. And um, for example, I can see where brides and grooms or anybody who's throwing an event will say, you know what, I want my relatives who can't come to be able to see the ceremony. We're still going to have a party but we're still going to film the ceremony and we're still going to do it. We're still going to stream it live uh, because mm -hmm. we want people to enjoy that. Even if we want them to witness this, even if they can't come to the party, I think we're going to see that happen more and more. I agree. Small changes. Yes. I hope so. I, I think that, and I, and I think that that's a great way to handle it, especially for people who can't travel and, and don't want to miss something. I just went to my first wedding like that did you in yeah actually it was rj's daughter and it was in central park did rj manage it they were here because they couldn't travel oh he did a central park setting no, for she them she was in central park she's oh she was yeah, there he was, he was here yeah oh they didn't do they weren't even in the same oh. the couple wasn't in the oh same place oh my gosh oh, the couple, the what couple was in the oh, same okay. place Okay, her. wait. You're scaring me. So his daughter and her fiance, now husband, and whoever they had in Central, whoever they have in New York, um, they got married in New York, and we zoomed to watch the ceremony. Got it. But was it? Were they in the park? Yeah. That had to be tricky wow. to make that. Well, happen. they must have yeah. the bandwidth in that park. I know the park has bandwidth, Central Park, but interesting. I was going to uh, say, you know, that, uh, sometimes husbands and wives, couples are married, but don't live together, have their own household. It'd be a yeah. whole nother thing to get married, but separately. Well, that right. wouldn't and that I be think, fabulous for the military? Yeah. Well, it's going yeah. to happen. I mean, but it is, I think, a question of law, right? So I would imagine that you have to be in the same state because state laws are different. 
or at least one state is legally marrying you. That's right. You have it, to figure out who has domain, that's right. right? So well, that could uh, take interesting, forever. interesting. <laughs> Right, right. Take to come to gives new meaning to mail order brides. <laughs> wow, <laughs> how'd we get I there? <laughs> Cheryl, we were doing a fundraising event one time at the Hilton Bayside. I don't think I actually, it was probably the one time that I didn't end up doing the event, I left the committee. Uh, I, but I, I'd say maybe we still provided services. Do you remember what I'm talking yeah. about? Well, that wasn't price charities. No, no it, it was, was something else. Um, Legacy for Life. Legacy for Life. But that event, did that event end up happening? Yeah. This, at, a month later or a couple of months later? or Do you remember? Do you recall? Oh, I think I just threw the file away. Um, no kidding. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Uh, yeah, that was some 10 happened. years ago. It was a long time ago. Yeah, it was a long, the Hilton was new. It was, it was a new. fairly new property. Yeah, definitely. Mm -hmm. So it was, you know, the, the, the second decade flew by. Oh my Didn't gosh, it? it just flew by. It's like what we're already in our, you know, we've started our, our third decade already. It's crazy. So we like to end the show. I, I, I did want to ask you though, before I leave, are you having a Shana Tova? Are you having a sweet year? All in all, no. Huh? Um, you know, it, I, I don't often get into funks. You know, and I try yeah. to make the best of whatever the situation. I just feel like I'm in a holding pattern right now. So yeah. I have taken up hobbies that I never had time for before, and I've been cleaning out fire. Like, why do I need this file from 20 years ago? I don't really need to know what they had for dinner. You know, so I've been purging. I've been getting rid of the, uh, you know, things from events that are in the garage that the people didn't want. So I put it in a bin and took it home. And now I'm digging out those. And the other day, I found a bottle of wine in a bin from an event. That kid's got to be 28 years old now. Wow. Open that bottle up. We're go we are going to do it at a party. Yeah. And see who's brave enough to taste that wine. So I've been doing things like that and um, just, you know, try waiting it out is the best I can. And like I said, we do have some work. So, you know, it's kind of part time, but it's OK. You're getting a little break. Right. I mean, you deserve it, too. You know, you've worked so hard for a long time. It's just a little rest. Really long time. I have a question for you. OK. Do you remember how we met? I don't remember how we met, actually. I was trying to remember that today, how we actually met. You, well, you I figured you were going to say at that committee meeting, but it was before that. It was before that. Yeah, no, it wasn't then. But that but was just before that, though, right? Um, I mean, we didn't know each other so well between the first time and that. No. we we, okay. we all, all we ever talked about prior to that was... That one, like, I think that one um, ridiculous phone call I made to you and I said, I'm doing a party, I'm doing a 40th birthday party for a client and it's a disco theme and we want to get a BG. And you said you want a BG impersonator. 
And I said, no, I want a real BG. <laughs> but only one. Only one. Because <laughs> his mother said they only needed one. Right. <laughs> well, I got to know. Did you get the BG? No. And which Anthony, one? No. Anthony called me back and he said, you know how much he wants? And that's he's done that twice to me. You know how much they want for that? It's ridiculous. I said, okay. Yeah. You tried. Yeah, because tried. there's no value in it, then why bother? Right. Why bother? <laughs> Who cares? That's my, you know, that's my whole point. If you're not going to get any real value out of something, if it doesn't fit with the theme, if it doesn't work out, of course, I assume that in this case it did. But if it doesn't provide any real value, any real engagement, then it's not worth spending. No. So we want to end this with a game as we uh, as we like to play, Alex yes. and I. And there are 12 <laughs> questions under our this or that. And all I'll do is ask you this or that, and you'll have to tell me which of the this or that you like, which appeals mm -hmm. to you. And we have already set which one we think you're going to pick. So at the end of this, we'll figure out who is, who knows Cheryl Kinsler Guilford, the gal with a lot of L's. <laughs> Yeah, I'm keeping score. She's got a lot of L's going. A lot of L's. Who knows her better? Okay, so here we go. This or that. Bars or bots? Bars. Bars. Sinatra uh, or Bennett? Sinatra. Comedy or drama? Comedy. Okay. Puppies or kitties? Puppies. You're killing me here, Bellotta. I'm killing you. I'm killing you, kid. Lucille Ball or Carol Burnett? Carol Burnett. Yay. Fallon or Kimmel? Oh. <laughs> Fallon. <gasps> Polka dots or stripes? Polka dots. Yay. Popcorn or cotton candy? Popcorn. More or less? More. Scrabble or Sudoku? Sudoku. He froze. Oh, he did. <laughs> we lost him. Maybe he didn't like my answer. <laughs> well, that's because I'm I'm kicking his butt. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, and your wines, white or red? Red. Red. Okay, so. Uh, I know that Scrabble may have surprised Alex a bit. That's it, what it, happens. It so did. how many do we have? Um, so Anthony got five. No, then, only five? And I got eight. Oh, no, I couldn't have gotten. I'm sorry, I got seven. Uh, yeah, no, seven, 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 I'm, sorry. I think I'm going to have to keep yeah. score from now no, on. No, I did because I, I accidentally circled, but I won because I went on the wrong thing. So I got seven and you got five. So she knows you better, Cheryl. So what this means is that <laughs> Alex takes you to lunch. Oh. You know what? Okay. Gladly. That would be such a treat for me. So many questions I would have, and I could just tell you're a hoot to hang out with. So yes. I'm on. I'm on. We do have a, and I didn't even mention it. We have someone, we, we share someone in common. Uh, Cheryl's cousin, Barbara, is a friend of my mother's. Oh my gosh. Anthony cannot go to Florida without me knowing about it. Yeah, I guess, you know, I was there last month. Yes, last I month. know. Yeah. <laughs> oh my.
my gosh. It's funny because I have a high school friend uh, who married a young, who married a gal whose parents live here in San Diego. And so I helped them to plan the wedding because it was going to be here. My friend wasn't from here. And now I'm friendly with them. So I'm basically friendly with my friend's in-laws and know more about what's happening in his life than probably he cares for me to know. <laughs> so now, yeah. Cheryl, I you can, can know get anything dirt. you want, though. I can get it's dirt funny. on him from yeah. you. On Anthony? Yeah. yeah when he's but it's going to be all good stuff because it's going to be coming from Joyce. That's true. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. That's right. It's going to come. Yeah. Yeah. My mother's a character. It's a shame you haven't met her, Cheryl. Maybe someday. She's one of happen. these days we'll be in Florida at the same time. You're an adventurous, creative thinker. You know, you're mm -hmm. not a you're not a root planter. You do things, you make things happen, and you have big ideas. So thank you for joining us yes, today. It was Ms. so much fun. Thank you. Thank you for having me. This was fun. Absolutely. Ladies and gentlemen, we, we've been talking to Cheryl Kinsler Guilford with RSVP Events. That's at RSVPSDEvents.com. RSVPSDEvents.com. Cheryl, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. So that was fun. Yes. Uh, I hope, I really, I do hope to, to see, uh, you know, Cheryl is, going, is a creative Person. And she's the, as you heard, she's the kind of person that really takes what I think is most important, what I teach. She develops her vision of an event around what she knows of her clients and what she knows her resources are and the logistics are going to be. And she uses the best of those things and exploits them. And that's really how to plan events. You know, she understands her clients, she gets who they are demographically, spiritually, um, mm -hmm. psychologically, she knows. And that's the key, you know? She is, well, she's so down to earth too that she knows how to draw people in. You can't help but trust her. No, you cannot. You you feel like a partner immediately. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's so important uh, that planners realize that because vendors will really, they will fall over backwards for planners that, that uh, they feel a relation, mm -hmm. they've forged a relationship with. It's really, mm -hmm. it's key and you get a lot more. And in, in the world, the world that we're moving towards is going to require more content, more messaging, more specific visual, uh, visuals that appeal and that speak to the brand. Uh, and people are going to need creative types and, mm -hmm. uh, and that is gonna be key to hybrid events yeah. and to reaching audience audience members that you don't currently have. Uh, and one other key thing that I read, I was telling you a few weeks ago about an article that I read in PCMA. Yes, about yes. One of the things that uh, the writer was saying is that, was that uh, 2020 was a great year. You start to use the online tools because people were were more accepting, which we all knew, more mm -hmm. accepting of the glitches, more willing to put up with, you know, the issues that we put up with when we interviewed with Jennifer <laughs> weeks ago, right? I mean, everybody sort of knew, okay, this is just the way it is. It's the new normal. But also, you know, we can do this. We can interview somebody from their car driving, yes, you know, 
down the inter up the interstate, you know, we could never do this before. But next year, in 2021, we are going to have to do it better. And the engagement is going to have to be better. The products that we offer need to be better. Uh, the platforms need to offer more functionality. Yes. You know, it's only going to intensify and become more, more complicated. Right. Well, the forgiveness factor is going to kind of go away. Yeah. Oh, yes, for sure. And knowing what you need in a platform and becoming really clear on that and knowing what your engagement needs to be has to start now. I mean, if you haven't started it, it has to start now. We're, all, we're already almost done with 2020. And those who did meetings in 2020 that were virtual already have a bar. And we're still at a time when hybrid is still yet undefined. It can be just about anything if you think about it you can have a, a hybrid element to your event or or meeting or fundraiser it doesn't have to include the entire scope of it it could be a piece right. of it uh you know so there are ways to incorporate it and that's what people should be thinking about in their messaging that's what companies should be thinking about in how they bring people together so enough about that. There's <laughs> lots to talk about. I did want to point out one more thing. Spirit of having Cheryl on this Hanukkah day. Uh, we're going to end with uh, a little performance from an, about five years ago that really does illustrate Yay. what I felt as a 13-year-old <laughs> Italian guinea boy. <laughs> living in North Miami Beach, Florida. Thank you for joining us. If you love us, please give us 10 stars. And if you, oh, yeah, you know, you're okay, meh, meh, meh. five will do. And what do you five say? Five. Four for me, one for you. Yeah, four for Alex, uno for mom, one for me. <laughs> we love you. Please find us on Apple Podcasts in your iTunes uh, little icon there. No, in your podcast little icon there. And uh, please find us on Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you find your podcast, we're Bolotified. And I'm Anthony Bolotison. Bye, Alex. Bye, Anthony. Happy Hanukkah. Happy Hanukkah. Bye-bye. Shalom. If I were a rich man, at my mitzvah, my mishpukah would be quelling over me. Sitting in a chair held high above their heads, getting naches left and right. Oy. If I were a goldman, probably would I lather in the shower of the locker room. Free from years of shame with just a sniff. When digga diddle died a little snip. We'd have a house, a mansion in the heart of Sky Lake, just like all the other Jews. With so many rooms we don't have to share. And in the back there's a pool with a giant slide that anyone we like could come and use. Oh, I like that. Making us the envy of our peers. The most important kids in school would come to fun on us. They would ask us to oblige them with a longing in their eyes. After school, Reb Nidaman, to your pool, Reb Nidaman. Crying us with guilt and merchandise. Boy, 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 boy. I'd have a war 
wardrobe all the other kids would die for. A style they would try to emulate. Calvin Klein and Jordache jeans galore. And unlike Christmas Day, which by the way is one day. Hanukkah goes on for more like eight. That's eight more gifts we'd likely have in store. If I were a Schwartzman, I would stuff my face with matzah kugel lockers every day. Made by my bubby who showers me with love. Spoiling me with gifts along the way. Hey! Would never be hard. From our Zadie schmutz of business, we would get our college trust. Tradition! Tradition! Lord, who made the lion and the lamb? You decreed I should be what I am! Would it spoil some vast eternal plan? If I were a Jewish man!